0: and lots of sort of interests need to be represented. Um, So I've been in the role the best part of uh, 13 months now, Uh, relatively new, but uh, my boss would say that I've learned very quickly on the job. Um, And it is one of those uh, sort of areas which of course has really visibly become sort of bigger in in the in the minds of, of people with the energy crisis of course this last winter and the issue of consumer bills and, and things like that so sort of the whole energy sector has really come to life in a lot of people's minds um, and it's an incredibly challenging you know sector organization because of the fact that um, you know net zero is is 2050 and the and the clock is ticking
1: absolutely absolutely and and this whole issue we have today of increasing energy bills yet we've got to move across to low carbon heating systems. Um, yeah you know, absolutely
0: we have I it... mean so, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's balanced obviously yeah.
1: Mm. yeah yeah so that brings us neatly I think perhaps on to the uh, you know the climate change committee report is there anything you can share with us I know it's only arrived today but
0: yeah absolutely I mean it, it's an annual report which uh, the climate change committee make to parliament every year sort of charting sort of where the UK government's going in terms of cutting climate emissions and how we get to how we get to net zero by 2050 and it sort of sets out the indicators you know amber, red, green depending on, on where we are and I think the, the, the headline news let's say from from the last year since we last had it, last June is um, sort of slowing down in that progress um, not to be particularly surprised given the the, the political sort of upheaval we've been through in the last 12 months but actually a sort of um, I think realization by government as well, with the you know the granting of new North Sea oil, uh, North Sea oil and gas licences, that um, gas and oil will will be an important part of of the energy transition. Of course, how that affects our journey to net zero is obviously the critical point. Um, I think interestingly yeah. on heat pumps specifically, the climate change report um, was talking about the fact that we need to we need to roll them out faster and actually probably focus more on sort of rolling, rolling them out to consumers rather than the performance aspect which I think is actually quite a brave call by the by, by the climate change committee and it'll be interesting to see how that sort of uh, how industry reacts to that in the, in the
1: next couple of weeks. Okay now you say rolling them out it makes it all sound very easy uh, but it's you know there's, there's nothing really sort of rolling out about it is there because uh, whenever I speak with people about heat pumps the problem is is this spark spread or spark gap the difference in price between electricity and gas and gas which was once thought to be sort of like the clean alternative um, you know is still uh, is still subsidized whereas electricity isn't
0: yeah absolutely and that is a critical critical point which I think you know if you talk to industry they will raise that so the government has actually made moves towards changing that they brought it out to a, a consultation on the review of energy market arrangements it's called REMA for short, which looks at decoupling the cost of electricity from gas, because gas is obviously a more expensive commodity, as opposed to electricity, which could be home-grown, renewable, you know, made in Britain, sort of thing, used in Britain, uh, and potentially yeah. with a bit of export opportunity. Now, the government consulted on on changing that. Um, it was sort of industry reacted positively. They said yes, we do need to change that, uh, but they weren't quite sh- sort of sure or specific on how they're going to do that. Now they're going to bring out another consultation at the end of this year back end of autumn time uh we reviewed yep. actually decoupling electricity and gas prices by uh autumn next year
1: right okay and would that be for the whole of the uk or just england or
0: that would it? be for the whole of the uk and of course what's important here is that essentially it would bring down the gas or uh, the, the price of electricity uh, across the board which should in theory make it cheaper to um use a heat pump for example um because uh, consumer bills would come down. I mean, it's not necessarily the silver bullet because um, those subsidies at the moment are used to sort of keep the gas and sort of even the coal uh, fire power stations sort of cooking in the background during those weeks uh, when we don't have lots of wind and lots of solar. So we, you know, when, right. it, when we have those periods of slightly less renewable energy, uh, we sort of use yeah. those subsidies to make sure that we have that backup of supply which comes back okay. to the point of we need more renewables on the grid so that we have that security of right. supply.
1: Okay, that's another subject there, isn't it? I just do. I would like to ask you about that, but um, let me just understand this a little bit better for myself. Um, yeah. gas is subsidised because gas was seen to be the clean alternative back in the day. Um, so gas is subsidised and electricity isn't. Is that correct? How does that work?
0: Yeah, correct. So essentially, gas is subsidised to ensure that. Uh, those power stations uh, keep, keep keep being sort of maintained throughout the course right. of the year, so we've got yeah. that backup of supply. When in February, let's let's say you know wind power is non-existent and solar power is non-existent, and we need the, that backup yeah. of supply. So that's why those subsidies are there. Obviously, what we need to do is we need to wean ourselves off off them
1: yeah. uh, onto onto okay. renewables,
0: and we do that through increasing the amount of renewables on the grid
1: yeah yeah well you know i mean they've made they've made some commitments i think haven't they for rolling out as you put it or saying that a certain number of heat pumps are installed
0: yeah absolutely and government has made various attempts at this through various schemes previously i think the first one was actually in 2012 uh, Mm -hmm. which looked at trying to increase the uptake of of heat pumps by consumers the latest iteration is called the boiler upgrade scheme um, yep. Where the government is essentially paying uh, £5,000 from air source heat pump and £6,000 right. for ground source heat pump, they're going to provide that sort of grant to you uh, for up to right. 30,000 uh, consumers who can apply for this grant. And I would tell you know all your listeners do go away uh, and have a look at that uh, because I think that is a good way of potentially, if you're sort of new to the journey of understanding yep. you know what a heat pump does, how it can be beneficial, and see if you know if you install it. Obviously, it could bring, like, you know, stress that it could bring your electricity costs down, your bills down, your, you know, your usage of, 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 of electricity and gas down as well. So I would tell your listeners, go away and have a look at that.
1: Yep, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, are other areas I thought we could uh, discuss is the energy company obligation.
0: So eco measures right. and eco plus measures, uh, sort of uh, are government backed schemes to try and drive up the insulation of homes. And this is absolutely right. critical. If we want to debunk sort of the myths around heat pumps, that yep. you can put a heat pump in, but you need the thermal efficiency requirements. So for you and I, you know, for lay people, that is essentially air, insulation. So, you know, your cavity wall insulation and your loft insulation. So the eco right. measures is mm-hmm. a way like, you know, government trying to promote consumers in uh, installing more insulation into their homes. This, right. of course, makes them ready for a heat pump because okay. there you have a house which has the levels of thermal efficiency required for a heat pump to run efficiently. Run efficiently. Heat pumps yeah. run at about 45 degrees on the flow temperature. A gas boiler runs at 60 degrees. So you need that insulation there to ensure you get your value for money with your heat pump. Once you have those yeah. thermal efficiency requirements at that level you know, with that insulation, mm-hmm. then heat pump will cut your, uh, will cut your bill quite substantially.
1: Okay, so, what is the, so there's the Eco Plus scheme and the Eco Four scheme.
0: Yeah, so these are various iterations of, of the scheme uh, that are aimed at slightly different households. Some are on government-related benefits, others are in particular council tax bans. Uh, but okay. essentially, it's the same focus of how can we better insulate um, homes ready for the net zero transition. And obviously, you know, from a government point of view, put insulation in today, it will probably mm-hmm. be there in 2050 the same insulation and it means that you cut your energy demand today right and you cut your bill today so it saves the consumer it saves the government and obviously it means that uh, you know it it reduces the amount of gas or electricity we use overall
1: okay all right so I think this probably brings us on to consumer habits maybe in the way that we heat our homes and the way we live in our homes and and yeah how does that figure in the thinking
0: Consumer demand, consumer habits—it's—it's it's always a really interesting one. This, um, I mean, data—if you look at polling—and I'm always a bit sceptical about polling—but uh, polling would always indicate that uh, 80, around 80% of the of the UK, um, you know, w- believe in climate change. They want to change their lifestyle and habits because of climate change. But for me, I always look at the proof in the pudding. So, consumer habits is—we like to do things which don't overly affect the way we live. So, for example, if we want to h- install a heat pump, we need to be honest with the public and with the consumer that it's not as straightforward as replacing a gas boiler. But then a heat pump is saving the planet and a gas boiler is not. So mm. those are the sort of trade-offs that we need to be quite honest about. Um, right. Yeah, a heat pump, heat pump is, is expensive. And that, and that is something that will always put consumers off. I mean, heat pump on average is around 13,000 pounds. Interestingly, people industry say, you know, those costs could come down. What I would say is there are about 190 million units, heat pumps, air conditioning units, they're pretty much the same unit are installed globally each year. So this is a huge, huge market. And the UK is actually slightly behind because we have that extensive gas network. Yeah, if you look at European yep. countries, your Italy's, your Germany's, your France's, they have far more heat pumps anyway. Yeah. So I suspect the cost of a heat pump won't drop dramatically from around thirteen thousand pounds. Obviously, with inflation at the moment, that's probably only going to slightly and that,
1: increase. And does that exclude the grant? So does it come down to? Yeah. Kind of so thirteen thousand pounds
0: is sort of your your installed cost with the grant from the boiler upgrade scheme, for example. That would reduce down to if I could do my maths, would be at eight thousand pounds.
1: Is there any discussion around combining the heat pump with batteries and solar panels and solar solar uh, thermal panels?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, Paul, that is exactly what sort of the ideal net zero home would look like. You know, you, you have your solar PV, you have your batteries, you have a heat pump, you've got a couple of electric car charges outside. It's essentially, for quite a few months of the year, you're self-sufficient. And that is, is that being discussed
1: at a policy level at all in, within the legislation or the documentation? I think, or graph, right. I don't,
0: yeah, it's a good question. I don't think there's been any sort of direct policy move towards that because it's obviously right. various different strands that need to come together. But yeah. I think it's the wish of people. And certainly, if you read sort of anecdotal evidence of people, they yeah. do say that heat pump battery normally works best with your solar PV, with your batteries. Because yeah. there you've got that self sufficiency, you've got your sort of net zero home.
1: And then if you switch into, um, you know, use some smart metering so that you can take uh, electricity off the grid when it's green, you know, you can, yeah, absolutely. You can make that as well. Yeah, a lot of talk about, about, the, the of talk about um,
0: demand flexibility too. And I think we saw that over the last course of the, over, over the last winter where various energy companies offered consumers the opportunity to switch on, switch off during peak times and yeah. um, receive a bit of a rebate towards that. And actually, it was generally quite, um, quite successful. I think around six or seven million uh, consumers actually took part in those trials, and they were relatively short notice. Uh, and yeah. you know, seven million is about a 10th of the UK's population.
1: Right, okay, okay. So um, it, it, concerning then the, uh, the boiler ban that's coming, uh, the gas mm. boiler ban, I think we should just mention that. Um, I think that's just going to be for new boilers, though, isn't it? If you've got a gas boiler, you're not expected to rip it out or you are expected to remove it by 2050.
0: Yeah, so there's various different dates that we need to be quite aware of. So 2025, we expect to see the future home standard implemented, which essentially means that there will be no new gas boilers installed in new build properties. So That's sort of the first tick. So property developers will be putting, we expect, heat pumps in. Uh, to all new properties from 2025 onwards 2026 yep. is the expected off-grid boiler ban so if you live right. off the gas grid if you're on heating oil uh, if you're on lpg then there's about 1.1 million homes there they're expected to from 2026 be unable to replace those those heating oil or lpg boilers which essentially means they will be right. forced into having a heat pump and then in 2035 looking further ahead um, that's when the on, grid, on gas grid boiler ban would come in. But as you say, that's not a case of on the first of January twenty thirty five, all the boilers in the country are coming out. That's a case of you won't be able to replace um, a broken boiler uh, with a with another boiler. Yeah. But if you already have one, oh. then and you keep it going till twenty forty 2040, twenty forty five, then it's just a case of when that finally breaks in twenty forty five, just replace it right. with something different. Okay.
1: okay. I mean, uh, do you have any, any insight on the mini grids? So these, where people create their own grids, they have their own, I don't know, solar farm, solar farm or uh, wind turbines, and rather than selling the electricity to the national grid, they keep it on their own grid? I believe there are, there are some, um, some hold ups to that, I believe.
0: Yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting point you make. I mean, it, it, it's an area where some people are actually going into quite a bit more. Uh, because of the mm-hmm. obvious rewards and benefits it brings, basically you're self-sufficient, it goes back to your, your solar PV, your batteries, and your heat pump in your own house. Um, yeah. I think I mean, it, it, it is something that I say people are moving towards. One of the difficulties is, and one of the reasons people are doing it actually, is because when they sell that power back to the grid, it's not actually yeah. as profitable as it used to be, because there are actually quite a lot of subsidies uh, back when this began which made it quite generous actually paying money back to the grid. That's not really the case anymore. So people are actually more happy to store it for a rainy day or indeed a a cloudy day uh, when it's cold. Um, But one of the reasons that people are struggling a bit in terms of connections is is the whole idea of the grid connections. You know, we have lots and lots of renewables and renewable power ready to come onto the grid, but actually we haven't got the transmission uh, connections in place to support that. So yes. the government actually got some really ambitious twenty thirty five targets for the amount of electricity required. Now we right. actually got all that electricity that we require for twenty thirty five. It's out there. It's ready. Right. It's been built. Green, exactly. green, green energy. Green energy. Yeah. Green energy, yeah. So for the decarbonisation of heat and the decarbonisation of power, there's quite yeah. a lot of that electricity already there, but it's just not joined up to the grid. It's just not connected. Right. Okay. And, and and some of the wind farms, etc that are being built today won't be joined until 2038. So that is an area which government is wow. trying to um, improve. And it's looking. Do
1: you know what the issues are? Is it planning permissions? Is it uh, budgets? Is it it's uh, not, just We yeah. don't have the resources?
0: It's not budgets because they then pretty much built. There is an aspect of, and this is a bit of a previous mistake going back probably. 20 years is that it's done on a sort of whoever's applied for planning commission first gets that spot right. in the queue so they may okay. not have built it yet but they're still in the queue and someone behind them has come in and built yeah. theirs but they're behind them in the queue so it's a case of well. shifting that queue around bringing those people forward i mean cost is obviously an important aspect uh, the cost of of, of adding into the network um, mm. but as i say you know the, all these renew all this renewable power is there Ready to come on board, but it's just taking that time. And I know that Offgem and National Grid are are looking at ways of, of smoothing out that process so that the, the so, sort of the connections speed up.
1: There are enough installations of wind farms and solar panels to power the UK. They're just not connected to the grid. Is that sort of a summary? Yeah, that's all. That's all
0: the headline news would be it's about 306 gigawatts of power is waiting to be added to the grid, and that's a huge, huge amount. Um to put into context, that basically meets any twenty thirty five electricity goal. So but does that mean all the peak does that meet
1: yeah. demand? Does that would that meet the peak demand yeah. in yeah. the middle of winter? It's pretty
0: much, pretty much yes. There is a bit of demand flexibility in there as well, where we expect a few changes right. to consumer habits will right. alter it slightly. But we're not far away. I mean, from in terms of demand flexibility, we're looking at gaining an extra about forty gigawatts from people okay. changing their habits, but as I say, there's 360 gigawatts waiting to be added. So that sort of sums up where we're at.
1: That's amazing. That's a great insight actually, isn't it? To know where the blockages are, right? You know, yeah. it's, a, it's one thing to think that we haven't got enough wind farms or solar panels out there. It's a completely different one to think they're there and they're not connected.
0: And that's the thing, so, if people talk about changing the planning laws, etc., to allow green infrastructure, well, hang on, we don't need to because it's already there. <laughs> we just need to make sure they're yeah. connected.
1: Just get it connected up. Come on, people. <laughs> so um, now, I know you did mention earlier, uh, before, we, before we started recording, um, small, I think you did mention small nuclear modular reactors. Can mm. you just tell us a little bit more about those, please? Yeah,
0: so this is actually something that's powered by a particular company, actually, that I've looked into investigating the, the possibility of rolling these out at a really localized sort of area. And the government's thrown actually quite a lot of money at this. So basically, this would be a mini nuclear reactor, which would power your village. There'd be a couple around the local town. Um, I have my concerns about this, and not to, you know, pour pour cold water on any of this, but I think there are many, many different questions that need to be answered before we go down this route. A is sort of, you know, your planning commission. B is, as a local resident, do I want essentially a nuclear reactor? It might be small but do i want a nuclear reactor you know a mile away from where i live if it goes wrong who's responsible for you know sorting that out who's responsible for making sure it's secure at all times because you don't want people messing around with nuclear so it's an area which government's looking at quite seriously but actually one which i think would take quite a long time for there to be any proper mileage in that
1: plan i suppose it could be a reserve if the Renewable yeah. fail for some reason. There's a there's an alternative energy source, perhaps. Um, are there any other countries doing this that we can copy?
0: Um, not that necessarily springs straight to mind. No. Right. Okay. We'll be leading the way. Not too sure we want to lead the way when we need to. Well, as, the, as, Gra, as as Graham Stewart would say, who's the minister for uh, energy security, net zero? We're you know the world leader in offshore wind, for example. So, and that's that's where we do want to be a, a world leader, I think.
1: So can we talk a little bit about clean heat market mechanisms and you know the role that has to play?
0: Yeah, okay, so this is quite quite interesting one. So this is provision inside the, the Energy Bill. And the Energy Bill is a whacking great big piece of legislation. It's about 326 pages, I think, at last count. Uh, wow. One of the biggest bills that Parliament has seen for many a long year. Um, it was originally okay. brought in, um, I think it was started under Boris Johnson. Um, it was talk of... Uh, be cut under Liz Truss, it wasn't, and then uh, Rishi Sunak has, has has seen it come through, and they hope to give it royal assent by the end of July before Parliament go on recess. Uh, right. and industry would welcome the move to uh, definitely give 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 the energy bill royal assent. Um, in terms of the clean heat market mechanism specifically, so this is sort of a policy uh, to try and drive up the uptake of heat pump of heat pumps even, um, and essentially it would fine. Uh, sort of manufacturers of, of gas boilers um, for every heat pump they didn't sell in relation to the number of gas boilers they sell. Right. So I think original proposals are around um, I think it's 4% to begin with. So they've got to sell 4% of their gas boilers. They've got to sell uh, 4% of heat pumps as well. So it's sort of a, a way of trying to, trying to drive up that sort of increase in heat pumps. I think it's trying to promote primarily uh, British manufacturing. um of of heat of the heat pump market i I think industry have have, have quite a few concerns because as we go back to a bit about consumer habits it's all very well government indicating that they want to do this Mm -hmm. and it's another question with or it's an answer about consumers do they really want the products at the moment and it's all very well you know bringing in the legislation but actually at the end of the day it's all about what goes in consumers houses and as we've seen yeah. over the last of years they haven't reacted that positive positively towards heat pumps
1: i think things are changing very quickly though aren't they and oh, yeah, yeah 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 people, i think people do want to help and it's really about education and understanding you know what the challenges are and what the benefits are and then if you can reduce your you know your heating bills by 50 you know and there's a grant available and and you can be doing the right thing and that, that can be very. That yeah, be very appealing
0: to people. I, I think for a lot of people as well, it's um, a case of they don't they don't quite understand Paul exactly what it entails. Yeah. If you see what I mean, and I hope today is sort of trying to provide a bit more clarity there about what they need to do in order to have a heat pump, which will hopefully reduce you know their energy bills. And as you say, yeah. it's education. I mean, I suspect if you ask many many people in the street, they won't know what a boiler upgrade scheme is, for example. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the problems I mean, that we have about yeah. there are there are these funding mechanisms mechanisms in place. But actually, how do you get them to the consumer to apply for one and get it?
1: Yeah. Uh, are there what is the British? Do you know what the British uh, do you know how many of these heat pumps are made in Britain? Or, you know, what's the sector? Are, are, are a lot of them made abroad and, and brought in or?
0: Yeah. Interesting point. I mean, 90 percent of gas boilers sold in the UK are made in Britain. Ninety percent. If we okay. look at heat pumps. Uh, around currently around 70% of the heat pumps uh, sold in the UK are imported. So actually, the homemade are imported, yeah, and they tend to come from Europe or China. Actually, uh, about 30% therefore are you know are homemade in England. I mean, okay. if you if you want to put uh, some figures in it, and I do like figures to illustrate the point. So last year there were about 1.6 million gas boilers went in the home. Right. Um, there were about 55,000 heat pumps. So that just okay. tells you exactly the level of work we need to do to get yeah. towards net zero. The government has an ambitious yeah. target of six hundred thousand heat pumps by twenty twenty eight. Yeah. Even based on that maths, there'll still be about one million gas boilers going in in twenty twenty eight.
1: Well, I mean, it comes down to how long these gas boilers last, doesn't it? So, how long, how long does your average gas boiler last if they're going in new today?
0: Then, Around fifteen um, years.
1: 10 years or twenty years? Fifteen years.
0: 15 years uh, on average that's what they say 15 years is probably the lifespan of a, of a gas boiler um, but it sort of I think those the figures sort of illustrate the sort of the, the, the amount of work that needs to go in towards decarbonising yeah. a particularly difficult sector and I think something yeah. like domestic home eating is exactly that sort of difficult to decarbonise because it is about consumers it's about what they want in their home as opposed to what industry want them to have in their home if you see what I mean
1: has the, the Heating and Hot Water Industry Council. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that specifically, and with the changes that you must be seeing there, you know, with um, with this, you know, transition to clean energy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Clean so Heating right, and, heat and Hot Water Industry Council, so HHIC it is for short, um, is a sort of division of of the Energy Utilities Alliance, which very much look at the sort of the, the manufacturing side of of heating appliances and as you say you know we are seeing a sort of a change in the way that we view the heating industry in the uk and and you make the perfect point there i mean manufacturers the ones i speak to um they really want to sell more heat pumps uh, you know they yeah. they see them as they do see them as the future to an extent and um obviously from their point of view <laughs> i mean they are more expensive and therefore therefore they get sort of more money from from selling them but i think there's also a bit of a, you know genuine desire in there obviously to 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 limit the impact of climate change um okay. so we are seeing a massive massive change and, and and you look at you know if you go to one of their meetings for example uh, there's such a massive breadth of sort of expertise and talent and the angles they're coming from and um some of the work they've done actually they did uh, they brought out a new sort of benchmark app which is mm-hmm. a way of ensuring that appliances that go in the home are, are of a particular standard and can be sort of signed off by the installer there and then and it's uploaded onto uh, onto an app uh, and, right. uh, and it's a really good way of doing it. And actually, if you're an installer listening to this, have a look, download it uh, and use it.
1: Remind me to say that
0: again, what do they need to look for? It's called the, the Benchmark app available on the Apple right. Store. That's
1: um, and it's just a way for installers
0: to monitor the way that they install uh, appliances.
1: Okay, great. What about biomass? How does that figure with uh, heating and hot water industry council? Is that something which they're looking at?
0: Biomass is a really interesting question. Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily all been sort of answered. Um, The government is keen on biomass um, and I think they see that as an alternative maybe in sort of the off-grid areas. Um, But I think it's very much watch this space. HHIC do do work a bit around that Uh, but as I say it's sort of uh, interestingly, yeah. government are supposed to release a biomass strategy, outlining the uses of it, etc. And it was actually supposed to be the end of June, and we are at the end of June. So once again, that will drop right. any minute. I suspect probably next week now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they, what view, what what sort of role they see biomass is going to have in the future there. Um, mm-hmm. And I will be watching with interest.
1: It seems to me that the most important thing that we can do is to join all these docs up and have one story mm. that joins up heat pumps, solar panels, um, batteries, um, you know, biomass, distributed heating, smart, smart switching. You know, that all needs to have a single story, doesn't it? Because it works best when it all works together.
0: Absolutely. Holistic hole. Uh, and that is, you know, if you wanted, I mean, Paul, you basically, you don't need me here. You've basically summed up exactly what it is that is most important. And if we talk about you know, heat pumps specifically, that's it. Think of the house as a holistic hole. You know, it's not just the gas boiler that you know works without the insulation, without the solar PV, without the batteries. No, think about your house as an entire energy system. Yeah. Have your solar PV, your batteries, your heat pump, electric. No, I, I
1: guess, sorry, Adrian, I'm, re- I'm really referring to government and policy and 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 strategy and these reports that come out. I mean, are there reports that are coming out that are joining up all the dots into a single story? Um. I pause
0: because I'm thinking about it. And to be honest, uh, on balance, no. No, there is no sort of, let's say, joined up policy, if you like. You you get bits and pieces there, bits and pieces here. I mean, a lot of companies do some really excellent work at sort of debunking and pointing out some of these policy gaps where they exist Mm -hmm. in order to make sure that we do reach our ambitious targets on time. So yes, if we were going to ask for government for something... That's it, and actually, what I hear from industry constantly is just give us clarity, clarity about the journey ahead, clarity about where we're going, and when.
1: Yeah. No, that's great. No, so this has been such a great podcast, Adrian. We've really covered a lot of ground, and got a much better understanding of, um, you know, what the policies are of of the government. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Paul. I've got to say, I really appreciate. The time you've given up this, this this morning listening to me and i hope your listeners do benefit from from yeah. hearing what what we've spoken about this morning